Good morning all and welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Today we will be presenting on the draft national pre-qualification scheme for temporary traffic management. Um, and following on yesterday's presentation, which was about the national training framework, uh, which goes hand in hand with the pre-qualification scheme. So before we start, uh, I'd like to acknowledge the um, uh, traditional custodians uh, of the lands on which we are meeting on today. And we would like also to uh, acknowledge uh, the Treaty of Waitangi and Maori as the original people of New Zealand. A bit of housekeeping before we start the presentation. Um, our presenters, so myself and Antoine and Guyenne, um, will be presenting um, uh, for about 60 minutes, and then we will have a Q&A session at the end for about 30 minutes. We record all our sessions and we will send you an email when the recording is ready on our website. You can also search for those roads in your podcast app. The documents and the presentation slides can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, uh, which you'll find on the right-hand side of your screen. You will also find a link to the comments review form, uh, which you can use to send us formal feedback on uh, the documents we have shared with you today and on the Oswald's website. There is also a question section there. Please use it to send us your questions for the Q&A session at the end. Just simply type uh, your question in the box and hit send at any stage of the webinar. If you could also name the slide number that your question relates to, it will help us answer your question as best as we can. Obviously, we will be uh, aiming to answer all of your questions. If we uh, do not have the time to address all of your questions today, uh, we will um, respond to your questions in writing afterwards. And we will post the, the, all the questions and answers uh, with the recording uh, in a few weeks' time. You can also use the questions box to let us know if you have any technical problems. Uh, a couple of people at Rose Rose are in the background uh, helping you for any technical issues. But just a quick tip, if you lose sound or if your picture freezes, that's most likely an issue uh, with your connection, your internet connection. In that case, we suggest closing your browser uh, and rejoining the session via your email registration link. Uh, and usually that fixes most of the issues. So today, uh, as I said, we will be presenting on the National Pre-Qualification Scheme for Temporary Traffic Management. I'll give a bit of an introduction. Uh, we'll hear from Tuan and Guyen, uh, who is our technical coordinator, uh, engaged by those roads, uh, and Tuan works for Safe System Solutions out of Melbourne. Uh, and Tuan will take over, giving us a, a more detailed and technical explanation of the pre-qualification scheme. I'll follow up with uh, a few more words on what's next beyond this industry consultation step, and we'll open for the Q&A session at the end. Just as a bit of an introduction, the documents that we're presenting today are draft. Uh, we are, this is a genuine industry consultation process. We, have, uh, we are welcoming all constructive and positive feedback um, for uh, what we are presenting on today. Uh, I just want to make also very clear that Osroads um, represents the Australian uh, um, transport agencies. Uh, and New Zealand agencies, as you can see listed here. We at Osroads facilitate 
the negotiation and the discussion with all our members to establish the national scheme in a consistent and harmonized manner. Uh, however, those roads do not decide or mandate what the scheme is uh, about. So this is very much under the authority of our member agencies and those roads, Tuan and myself, in that case, are playing a facilitation role uh, to design the scheme. Just a bit about, our, about uh, this, the structure at those roads. Uh, we take a program management approach. We have four programs of research, as you can see on the left here. Uh, the national harmonization work that we lead on temporary traffic management is delivered under the Transport Network Operations Program, which I am personally responsible for. A few words about the project team. Uh, so I'm Richard Del Place, um, the program manager for Transport Network Operations. I am assisted by Rachel Hassan, my program coordinator, who is again in the background helping you with any technical problems. Tuan Nguyen uh, is with me today. Hello, Tuan, you can hear me. How are you going? Yes, I can hear you, Richard. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Perfect. Thank you very much, Tuan. So Tuan is the technical coordinator from Consultant Safe System Solutions. And Tuan has been supported on this work uh, by one of his colleagues, John Poynton. A bit on the right side of this um, screen, uh, just a bit of a reminder on the, the Osroads governance process. We facilitate uh, this harmonization work by bringing together representatives from all our uh, agencies, member agencies, through the Osroads Temporary Traffic Management Technical Reference Group, which you may hear us today refer to as the TTMTRG. My apologies for um, the acronyms. Uh, so all the, the, the agencies are represented on this group, bring their subject matter experts on temporary traffic management, help us uh, design uh, the national pre-qualification scheme. Once that scheme has been uh, finalized uh, following this industry consultation, we will be seeking uh, review and approval from uh, the Osroads Network Task Force, which is a next level up within uh, the Osroads organization. Uh, bringing together director level from all the member agencies and following uh, appropriate uh, review and approval from the network task force we will be seeking in due course approval from our osroads board members uh, before making the national scheme active and we'll come back on to the time frames and process a bit later on uh, so today we are obviously welcoming uh, feedback from a broad range of stakeholders and industry representatives uh, so that we can take your feedback, update the scheme accordingly, rediscuss with the technical reference group before proceeding with the governance process that you can see on this screen. Few words on uh, our technical reference group for temporary traffic management. As you can see, we've got representatives from all the different Australian jurisdictions and New Zealand as well. We also have uh, representatives from local governments, City of Yara, Toowoomba Regional Council, as well as Ipua New South Wales, which is a key partner um, connecting with local governments as well. Bit of context before we start. Uh, we acknowledge that there's, um, there are significant uh, challenges around uh, temporary traffic management and unfortunately um, temporary traffic management um, makes often uh, bad press um, and, and, and sad press. 
Um, so we we are very well aware of that, and that is very much why our member agencies have kicked off this project on safety at road websites. This is obviously supported as well by the the consistent effort by all member agencies and the federal government in improving road safety and the different road safety strategy that are in place both at jurisdictional level and national level. So this project and all the initiatives uh, of harmonization on temporary traffic management that we are leading at those roads very much fit into this context. The way the project safety at roadwork sites has been broken down over the last four or five years is consists of uh, a few modules. Uh, the first module uh, was about developing the guide to temporary traffic management, which was released in December 2019 and establishes best practice uh, in temporary traffic management for design and implementation. The second module on which we are we did present yesterday is about uh, setting up a national harmonized training framework for our member agencies. Module four is what we are covering today, the national uh, pre-qualification scheme, again for design and implementation services of temporary traffic management. And the module three, which is about the procurement and delivery of a national central system or online database that supports both the national training framework and the national pre-qualification scheme. Bit about the timeline that we've what we've done so far and what's ahead of us. As mentioned before, we released the Oswald's Guide to Temporary Traffic Management back in December 2019, and that that was an effort uh, of about four years with a lot of industry inputs um, and also a lot of coordination with Standards Australia and the update of the AS 1742.3 standard. So the Oswald's Guide to Temporary Traffic Management was released in December 2019 and sets best practice for all our member agencies. This guide is going to be taken into um, practice by the jurisdictions over the months to come and most jurisdictions taking it into practice uh, by early 2021. And the reason for that delay unfortunately was uh, primarily due to the COVID-19 uh, crisis that we are uh, going through unfortunately. In parallel to that, we uh, have been developing the national training framework and national pre-qualification scheme. We, in parallel to the national training framework, we have been liaising with the ASQA and PWC process to review and update and improve the units of competencies and skill sets for training, uh, which was under public consultation and public validation in the, in the previous month. Uh, we are now at that stage of industry consultation on both our national training and national pre-qualification schemes. Following that, we will continue developing the national training resources, uh, procuring, advancing the procurement of the central registration platform for module three with the hope, the objective to launch both the training and pre-qualification schemes towards mid-2021. Two more words about the Oswald's Guide to Temporary Traffic Management. This document is uh, freely available on the Oswald's website. It is made of 10 parts, covers all aspects relating to planning, design, and implementation of temporary traffic management at roadwork sites. Uh, as practitioners of fully of, of temporary traffic management, um, I recommend that you download and print this document and, and set it on your bedside table. Uh, this is a document that establishes the best practice 
for uh, all member agencies at those roads um, and that we very much look forward to our member agencies mandating from early 2021. In terms of the national pre-qualification scheme that we are presenting on today, a uh, few more words. All road authorities represented on the technical reference group are what we call prospective participating agencies. And that means that they are all planning to adopt the national pre-qualification scheme, sorry for the typo there, um, following due review and board approval process. This comes with a couple of exceptions at this stage. Uh, New South Wales and Transport for New South Wales at the moment uh, are preferring to keep their existing uh, New South Wales pre-qualification scheme and they are sitting as an observer on our technical reference group. We are maintaining obviously the discussion with the hope to have them on board in the, in the future. Um, on another note, New Zealand and New Zealand transport agencies are not part of the national pre-qualification scheme that we are presenting on today, uh, simply because NZTA have their own uh, pre-qualification scheme at this stage, and they are also uh, obviously have quite a separate industry. Saying that, we are in contact with NZTA as part of our technical reference group, and we are looking to make things more consistent and learning from each other's best practice over time. A few more words on local councils. As mentioned before, local councils are represented on our technical reference groups. However, we do not have 530 of the, uh, of the local councils represented there. We only have a subset of them. We are informing local councils the best we can uh, through our uh, three or four local council reps on the technical reference group. However, um, individual local councils will decide whether they adopt the national pre-qualification scheme and we are coordinating with, especially with our state and territory member agencies to reach out to the local councils within their jurisdictions to bring them on board with both the national training framework and the national pre-qualification scheme. Few more words uh, before handing over to the, the detailed presentation. Um, the national pre-qualification has uh, a few objectives. Obviously, we want to harmonize the framework for temporary traffic management organization. We want to establish consistent eligibility requirements and pre-qualification categories across all jurisdictions. We are uh, establishing mature recognition processes to allow uh, pre-qualified organizations to more easily transfer from one uh, jurisdiction to another. We are looking to minimize uh, the, the local systems and requirements uh, by the adoption of a centralized online database. Through uh, the pre-qualification scheme, we are also uh, working with our member agencies to improve auditing and compliance processes. We are uh, improving cons consistency in the performance reporting and performance management across jurisdictions. And overall, through the Safety at Road Worksites project, looking to promote best practice in temporary traffic management. One thing I, I forgot to mention is that uh, the Old Roads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management Reach represents best practice is also a guide that Old Roads maintains and will maintain for the foreseeable future. What that means is that even if that guide currently represents best practice, we always welcome uh, feedback and input to look at improving this guidance um, with our technical reference groups, of course. 
So on that, uh, we will now hand over uh, for the detailed presentation to Tuan. Uh, Tuan, i handing over now the slide to you. Hopefully you will see that now. Yes, uh, testing, can you hear me okay, Richard? I can hear you perfectly well. Okay. And I, I can I see your slide. Perfect. Uh, over to you now, Tuan, thank you. Okay, thank you, Richard. Thanks for the introductions and hello. Welcome everyone to our second webinar sessions about uh, temporary traffic management. As Richard has mentioned, yesterday we talked about the training framework and today I am going to go through the details of the proposed national pre-qualification scheme for temporary traffic management. So just a reminder that throughout the sessions, if you do have any questions, uh, feel free to click on that question mark button there on your screen, type in your question. Uh, Richard, uh, had, uh, Richard, Rachels and others will be uh, checking and reading the question in the background and we will endeavor to go through them all. So the uh, National Pre-Qualification Scheme was designed based on um, the Austroad National Pre-Qualification System for Civil Road and Bridge Construction, which was released yesterday. And we also looked at the existing pre-qualification scheme that the states are having at the moment. We combined them and designed a new system that I am about to go through. And as Richard has mentioned just now, we feel that the new scheme will bring a lot of benefit to the industry and also to the state jurisdictions. So I will go through five key changes to the industries relating to the new pre-qualification scheme. Uh, so the first one, I will talk a bit about the different traffic management roles and the road categories. And then I will talk about the pre-qualification process. How do you maintaining the pre-qualification status once you have got um, the pre-qualification? And then there will be a transition period, which I will talk about. And then finally, I will touch on the uh, registration platform, which is kind of the centralized online database that we are looking at developing. So firstly, with the traffic management roles and road categories, for those who attended yesterday's sessions, um, you will know that, that we will continue to maintain the three different qualifications for the individuals working in the temporary traffic management industry. So we will still continue to have traffic controller. We will continue to have traffic management implementers and designers. Uh, but in terms of the, the organization of companies working in, in the industry, we will only have two uh, different levels. Uh, one, we, one we call traffic management implementation and one we call traffic management design. Uh, in short, we call them IMP and DGN. So the IMP organization of company will cover the traffic controllers and the implementers, whereas the DGN will cover the TMD, the people who do the design, um, the design of the plan themselves. So the two levels or the two uh, pre-qualification uh, levels are more or less the same as what many jurisdictions are having at the moment, Victoria, Queensland, um, they, they, uh, we already have these two levels in place, 
uh, there are some states who might not have both levels. Uh, the need those states will have the three levels moving forward when we roll out the new requalification scheme. Another change to uh, the industry is the introduction of three road categories. So the three road category uh, isn't something new that we came up in the last few months. It was part of the discussion as also developed the guide to temporary traffic management that happened in the last few years. And, and the, uh, the reason behind this, the principle, they are captured in the parade of the guide. Uh, but on the screen is a quick description of the three different road categories. So we recognize that the road network out there is complex. If you do work uh, on the road, uh, the risk for the workers, for the road users as well, will be different depending on whether you are working on a local road or you are working on a freeway, for example. I think we all uh, agree that the risk is, is um, extremely different for those two scenarios. So because of that, uh, we will be looking at having three road categories. Category one will be mainly the, the local roads or, or the rural high low volume roads. And then category two will cover high volume roads. And category three will cover motorways and freeways. So because we will be having three different road categories and we have the two different uh, organization of company levels. So in the end, we will have six different levels for free qualifications. And you can see there on the screen, and we abbreviate, abbreviate them and call them IMP one, two, and three for the three different road categories and DGN one, two, and three, again, for the three uh, different road categories. Uh, a few notes about the, uh, the structure you can see on the screen. As an organization, as a company, you can apply for any pre-qualification at level at any time. So if your company is starting off, say, working on local roads, uh, road category one, and you want to expand your business into level two or level three, you can do that at any time. Uh, organization or company can have and apply for multiple levels. So. Uh, an example, just now as a company, you might be able to, you can apply for um, traffic implementation for both category one and category two, or even category three. You just pick what you want to apply for uh, and, and it will be assessed and considered. Uh, it is important to note that whatever level that you are applying for, you have to make sure that you have the resources, the technical capability uh, to carry out work on those roads. So yesterday, uh, we went through the new training framework and you will see that the individual will be trained at different road category levels. So that means if you want to carry out work as a company on category two roads, you obviously need to have personnel trained and qualified in, in that uh, category two uh, level. So in terms of the process, it, it is quite straightforward, uh, which is shown there on the screen. Uh, we will be uh, uh, providing, listing the eligibility for the companies who want to be pre-qualified. And then once you have considered and feel that you met the eligibility criteria, you can simply uh, apply uh, to the assessing agency, which is just one of the uh, participants of the scheme. 
uh, but we call them assessing agency because that's the organization who will assess your application in the first instance. And then if you satisfy all the requirements, you get full approval. Uh, another, another new change that we've brought into the scheme is we will be also having what we call conditional approval. Uh, so company um, can get this conditional approval and then later on you can apply to upgrade into full approval. So I will go through a bit more details later on about the conditional versus the full uh, approval. So now I will talk about each component of the process. In terms of the eligibility, on the screen there are the four, um, the four criteria so that as an organization, as a company, you can consider, and they are fairly broad and, and uh, quite uh, easy to follow. Uh, so obviously uh, the organization needs to have a relevant temporary traffic management experience to apply for pre-qualification. Uh, the, the scheme is open to civil engineering construction companies as well, who uh, are involved in uh, the construction or maintenance of roads and bridges that poses relevant temporary traffic management experience. The scheme also open to local government authorities as well. Uh, we know that the existing scheme at the moment, there are a number of local governments who have their own work crew uh, who work on the road. The scheme will be open to them as well. Uh, road infrastructure managers, uh, private toll road oper uh, operators, they are open to, uh, to enter the scheme as well. Uh, and also utility companies. Utility companies have their own contractors in many cases. Those companies um, can apply for pre-qualification as well. Uh, the, the scheme also open to uh, other business structures. So not, uh, not only company, uh, but also sole trader, partnership, or maybe trust. Um, it is not that if you set up the organization under one of those sole trader, partnership, or trust, there may be additional um, requirements or assessment when you apply for pre-qualification. So once the organization uh, have reviewed and feel that they have met the eligibility criteria which are just shown, um, you will then go to the participation agency to download the forms and then you fill them in, you submit it to that participating agency or the assessing agency at that stage. And then your application will be considered based on two main criteria. So one is, look, we will be looking at the, uh, the, the organization, the company details and the business information. And the other one is we will be looking at the resources and the technical capability, making sure you can carry out the work um, and you have the skilled people who can do the work correctly. I mean, you can see there on the screen there, uh, that, that is a photo that I took uh, when I was in Hobart, when I was there for a holiday a few years ago. Um, so those are the practices that, that I guess uh, we don't want to see. And I assume that for the people who are dialing today, as you drive around, you probably see this sort of situation. And it, it really, you know, reduces the credibility of, um, of the whole system. So that's what we want to avoid. Uh, so, so the assessing agency uh, will look at those two criteria, and if you met the uh, the requirements, you get pre-qualified. Uh, so now I will go through the details of the two criteria that we talked about. 
So the first one is about the company. And on the screen there are the things that we will be looking for the, 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 the organization or the company to provide the assessing agency. Um, the principle, or I guess the objective of the assessment is to make sure that you as a company, you can operate legally in Australia, for example. You have a system in place to make sure your employees get paid um, and you have all the insurance, uh, uh, the public indemnity, all those sort of things in place. We, we are also interested in your financial information as well and see how you are going. And, and this is, I guess, for obvious reason, uh, reason because uh, the, as a company, you will be working for uh, maybe a fairly large contract. So we want to make sure that you have the, the ability to run the business. So on the screen there, I underlined, I guess, uh, a couple of important points. So we will be looking at the number of years the organization has been in operation. So that's important because it shows that uh, you are not just, a, you know how to run the business. Uh, we will be looking at the work experience in the last 24 months, I see what sort of work you involved in and how did it go, because we will be asking for some referees, a minimum, at least three of them, and we will be uh, calling those referees to check and make sure uh, you, you, you've been operating the business satisfactorily and whether there was any issue with the company, that kind of thing. So a fairly uh, straightforward and transparent process. The second criteria we will be looking at under the new scheme is we will be looking at the resources and the technical capability of the company. So we want to see, for example, the number of staff that the company has, uh, the name of qualification of each, of each staff under the new training framework. So as I said, the new training framework, you now have multiple qualifications. So we want to know if you want to work on a motorway, for example, you have those uh, the people trained and experienced who worked on motorways before. We want to know uh, the employment status of your staff, whether it's full-time, part-time or casual. I guess uh, we, uh, we uh, know that this is the, the temporary traffic management industry has a fairly high turnover. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, backpacker or those people who want to get into the industry, work for a few months and get out. Uh, one of the objectives of the whole project or the scheme is minimizing that because we feel that having the people who really, you know, not interested in the work at all, they just want to earn some quick money and get out, is probably not good for the industry as a whole. Um, so, so we want to to train, retain, and keep people so that the quality of work uh, is, is better in, in creating a bit of a long longer term career for people who work in the industry. Uh, we will be wanting to see uh, each person do within the company and also what sort of plan and equipment that you have that available to undertake the work. So those are the things that we will be looking for uh, under the resources and technical capability criteria. Uh, in addition to that, depending on whether you are applying for the implementation level or the designing level, uh, you also need to demonstrate a couple of things there as shown on the screen as part of your application. Uh, so for the implementation, uh, you can see that we need to see the, um, and make sure that you have qualified and experienced traffic controllers and traffic management implementers. 
because without those people, you, you can't really do the work. We want to make sure that those individuals have the knowledge, knowledge and experience, and, and also previous examples of past work history, demonstrating that um, these individuals or the our company has done these work in the past satisfactorily, uh, complying with the local legislation, the law, the code of practice, standards and guidelines. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we want to make sure that there is sufficient resources um, to carry out the work. And for implementation, for those who are applying for category three roads, uh, which is working on motorways and freeways, uh, we want to see you have staff who are suitable, qualified to use truck mount attenuators as well. So if I'm not wrong, then most, if not all states have now uh, more or less required the use of truck mount attenuators on high speed, high volume roads. So we want to make sure that as an organization, as the company, you have those skilled people uh, within the organization. Uh, on the screen here, similar sort of thing, if you want to be pre-qualifying pre in design, uh, you also need to have um, additional information. Again, it's really demonstrating and and convincing, uh, showing the uh, jurisdiction that you have the ability to run the company and you also have the skill and expertise to carry out the work. So those are the principles, the things that we are looking for. So I mentioned earlier that under the new scheme, uh, we introduce uh, a conditional approval and some state already have um, uh, indirectly or directly uh, similar sort of scheme. And the conditional approval is to recognize that there will be a situation where uh, there is an organization that may have limited uh, experience as a company, uh, but, but um, they may have the technical capability to do the work. Um, it is not that these conditional approval will be considered in a case-by-case case case basis. Uh, it is completely at the discretion of the assessing agency. Uh, and as part of the approval to be conditional, uh, the, the organization may be limited to carry out a certain type of work or may be limited to carry out work on a certain type or a road category. And then the intention is under the, this new scheme, uh, if you have, um, uh, if you are granted a uh, conditional approval, it will be reviewed after six months to make sure that it can operate satisfactorily. And I think the next screen, I have an example uh, that demonstrates, I guess, the process. Uh, if, if you are a new company, for example, because it, as an existing organization, I will talk about the transition period. But let's say you are a new organization uh, under the new scheme. And for example, um, that there is a boom in a lot of uh, work uh, on, on motorways or freeway. Um, I mean, Melbourne, for example, I mean, without the COVID situation, we've got a number of um, uh, large, significant uh, uh, motorway, freeway projects happening. And, and you, you feel that, look, we want to provide the service uh, to, to the jurisdiction. Then you set up a company. What you need to do is you have a look at our criteria to become pre-qualified. You need to prepare and make sure the company has all the information that we ask for, such as insurance, industrial relation, all those sort of things, put them in place. And then the next step is 
is, is you need to recruit and make sure you have the right people who can work on category words. So you go out there, um, you, you search and, and, and you engage uh, people who has been trained and qualified to work on category three words. Um, so I mentioned yesterday, well, we mentioned yesterday in the training framework that, that I keep on repeating that under the new scheme, uh, the individual will get trained in different levels. So if you want to work in uh, on category three words, you've got to make sure that you have people who train and qualify working on category three words. Now, under the training framework that we talked about yesterday, to be able to get trained and work on category three words, you need to start off with getting trained on category one words. And because of that, you can see that the next box as an organization or as a company, when you apply for pre-qualification, even though you might be targeting uh, working on motorways only, uh, it makes sense that you tick the box that you want to be pre-qualified on level one road as well, because in terms of your, your technical capability, in terms of your people, they got trained and they can work on both category one and category three words. So I guess if I were the company owner, I would apply for both, you might as well, because you have the technical capability and the skill to do, uh, to do both um, road categories. Uh, and, and because it is a new company, I guess in this uh, example, the company or the organization, we have very limited uh, evidence or information about past work because you never done any past work before, you just set up a new company. However, if you can demonstrate that you have an extensive uh, group and, uh, of staff who are very experienced, who are very qualified, uh, you, you can still put in the application because in this case, the assessing agency uh, or the participating agency will have a look at it and, and in this case, I would expect that the company will be given conditional approval uh, because uh, the company was set up properly with all the insurance policies, all the quality system in place. Um, you have a good pool of people who can work and carry out um, the work. So in this case, uh, under the, the process, you probably will get conditional approval and that approval will be reviewed within six months um, and, and it can be extended. So, so there may be situation that after six months, the participating agency, the jurisdiction may find that, oh, you know, the company is progressing, but we still want to see more information, more evidence that a company can perform. So that six months can be extended. And eventually this company will be able to get full qualification once, once the organization has demonstrated that they can carry out the work satisfactorily. Uh, in this case, you can see there, I just added a note at the bottom, um, the, the organization might be limited to do a certain type of work at the beginning because it's a, a brand new company. Um, the jurisdiction might want to test the company first rather than allow the company to jump straight into, you know, multi-million dollars uh, projects, for example. Or maybe the organization might be restricted to do work on on lower risk environment rather than straight onto a, a very high extreme risk. Um, in this case, because the organization has staff skill and trained and qualified to work on category two, uh, sorry, on category three words, which cover category one. So the organization can do work on both category one and category three words but the company won't be able to do work on category two words because your 
your um, your staff don't have the skill and experience. And if you don't do want to do work on category two roads, I guess it's just a matter of getting your existing staff to 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 uh, attend the training for category two road, upskill them, or you can acquire those sort of skills externally. Uh, so and then after that, you can just apply for uh, the additional pre-qualification for level two. So that is generally the process of applying for becoming pre-qualification under the new scheme that we are proposing. And to me, it's fairly straightforward. It's, um, it's consistent, it's transparent, uh, and it's clear to the industry. A couple of notes, under this new scheme, we have made a number of commitments such as the application will be uh, processed, review, and you will know as a company the result within 30 business days. Uh, there are some jurisdictions, and, and this is still under discussion at the technical reference group, uh, that maybe there will be some uh, a fees associated with the, um, uh, the application. And we haven't uh, finalized or decided on how the fees and how much the fee will be and how the fees will be applied. Uh, but if they, they do uh, apply, um, the, the commitment is, is the fee will be based on a cost recovery model. So, so the scheme will be managed by the uh, state road authorities mainly. And, and obviously as a government body, we are not into the business of making a lot of profit out of the scheme. Uh, it's more a cost recovery to cover uh, things uh, or work associated with the scheme, such as auditing, for example, which we will go through in a minute. Uh, the proposal also talks about a renewal period of every two years. Um, and under the new scheme, once, you're two, once you become pre-qualified um, and after two years, you just need to apply, get the renewal form, uh, fill it in, uh, submitted it, and we are, um, we are anticipating that the, the process of getting renewal is, is fairly simple and straightforward. So it will not be a full application every two years. So making it easier and more efficient for the industry and also for the participating agencies. Uh, so once you have become pre-qualified under the new scheme, uh, there are a number of things that, that you need to follow uh, to be able to maintain on uh, having the pre-qualification status. Uh, so some of the, uh, the, uh, the requirements are shown there on the screen. As a as an organization, once you pre-qualify, you need to let the participating agency know uh, if one of these things occur. And if you look at the screen, uh, they, they are fairly you know, uh, reasonable and, and straightforward. For example, if your company changed the name, then obviously the, the, participancy, uh, the participating agency needs to know. Or if the company goes bankrupt or go into voluntary administration for, for whatever reason, route that will never happen. Uh, but, but if it does, then obviously, again, as an organization, you need to let the participating agency know. Or whatever, or maybe there is, for whatever reason, um, the, the organization won't be able to carry out the work that, that it's pre-qualified to do. Maybe, you know, th there is a reduction of staff number. Um, for example, you also need to let the jurisdiction know. 
Um, and, and, and also other things that as an organization, you need to provide the participating agencies such as all the insurance and the quality management system, the financial details, profit and loss, these sort of information um, that need to be renewed every year, I guess, you know, like the insurance policy, for example, they are normally renewed every year. So those sort of information also need to be supplied and provided to the participating agency every year. You can see the requirement there on the screen. I, I won't go through them all, but those are the information that, that, that will continually need to be supplied to the participating agencies. Uh, another component that's been added on to the uh, pre-qualification scheme is um, a, a much more robust, transparent and efficient auditing process. Uh, at this stage, we are planning to have the auditing process carried out and managed by the participating agencies. So, for example, if you have you are pre-qualified in Victoria, then the Department of Transport in Victoria, used to be VicRoad, will be responsible for the auditing process. Uh, the, auditing pro the auditing criteria are being finalised, but the project team and the technical reference group um, is uh, we are endeavouring to have a consistent set of auditing criteria. So if as a company you operate in Victoria or Queensland or South Australia, there is that consistency when the company is being audited. So, so in terms of auditing, if there is an issue identified, it is quite straightforward. Um, the, 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 uh, the participating agency uh, will have a look and see how serious it is. And, and we, are, we will be having some sort of a, a more details in terms of defining what's serious and what's less serious. Uh, but it can be challenging because for those who work in the industry, you can see that uh, the, the issue can vary from, you know, whether uh, there's a missing sign or the, the spacing of the bullet is not correct. Um, I, I would consider those a bit of a less serious uh, kind of issues, whereas uh, more serious will be something relating to road safety. Um, you know, the, the road safety barrier was incorrectly installed or, um, or, or something that might cause uh, significant safety risk to the road users and also to the employees. So those are more, I, I would say, as a serious uh, issues. So if it, if it is a less serious um, issue identified, the process is the participating agency. We will probably have a chat to the company senior management to identify, I mean, to understand why the issues is ha happen and what will the organization, the company will do to make sure those issues will not happen again. And in this case, there might be some sort of potential warning letter um, the issue to the, the, the organization. And then we will continue to, to monitor the performance of, of the company. If it is more a serious issue, uh, then, then, then there might be a show cause notice uh, in particular, as I said, relating to safety, and as a result, um, the company may have um, the, the pre-qualification suspended, uh, might be downgraded from full to conditional, or maybe the entire cancellation uh, of the pre-qualification. And if, you, if, if the organisation get the, uh, have the pre-qualification cancelled, you have to go through the full, uh, uh, the full the application again to get back into the system. Um, recognizing that um, 
uh, when when we are talking about pre-qualifications and the company is engaged in a large uh, projects, there may be some uh, issues. So we, we put in place an appeal process as well to make it transparent and to give the industry an opportunity to present the case if they feel that they have been, I guess, unfairly treated or if there was a misunderstanding. Um, so under the new uh, proposal, uh, if as an organisation in the industry, uh, you can lodge uh, an appeal with uh, the participating agency or directly with the Oslot Temporary Traffic Management Technical Reference Group, uh, which Richard mentioned earlier. And then what we are proposing, and, and this, this principle of the process uh, that we are showing here is the same as what uh, being used and described in the pre-qualification scheme for the uh, civil construction um, process. So, so we are proposing that the case will be reviewed by a panel of three members. Uh, two of them will be uh, uh, from the technical reference group or the participating agencies. And then as an organization, we will allow um, to, to have the organization to select an independent industry representative as well. Uh, and you will be given a choice of, of a number of them and, and as an organization, you can pick one of them to be on the panel. And then the panel will review the case, uh, there will be discussions, meeting, and then a decision will be made. And once the decision is made, uh, it is um, kind of final. Um, even though I guess the appeal process is put into the scheme, uh, but personally and as, as um, a, a group, uh, we, we hope that we don't have to get to this stage. We want to work with the industry to improve safety, upgrading the skill. Um, so so we, as I said, we hope that we never have to go down this path, but it is there available for, for uh, just in case. Uh, one of the benefits of the uh, new scheme is similar to the training framework. We have a mutual recognition in place as well. So at the moment, if your company is pre-qualified in Victoria, and if you need to work in South Australia, you have to reapply for pre-qualification from scratch in that stage. Under the new scheme, because the criteria um, for becoming pre-qualified, they are harmonized, they are consistent across the whole country, so once you are pre-qualified with one stage, it is a lot easier to get pre-qualified in another state. So it is, in, 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 in practice, it will be just a matter of downloading the form, fill it in, um, demonstrating that you have um, completed and get pre-qualified with one jurisdiction, and then, and then the other jurisdiction will be able to see all the information, all the past history, all the, um, uh, relevant data or information relating with organization already. And then it, it's just a matter of checking and, and I say you, you can get on and work in a, another state fairly quickly and uh, much more easier than what it is now. Um, two points to note there on the screen, the organization should apply for pre-qualification with the home agency first. Um, so the intention is, let's say you start off a company in South Australia, we want you to get pre-qualification in South Australia before you get mutual recognition in Victoria or in Queensland, for example. Uh, now, um, we, the second dot point, we, we put it in there, but the intention is there will not be any differences between jurisdiction, uh, but there may be situation where 
where you go to uh, another jurisdiction to, to ask for mutual recognition, you might be required to provide additional information or might be uh, required to do a couple of more uh, requirements. So as I said, intention is we minimize those differences, uh, but, but one example is um, at the moment we are still finalizing on say the insurance cover for the organization. So there may be a different level of insurance requirement uh, from state to state. And, and let's say Victoria require, requires insurance level of $10 million, South Australia might require $15 million. Those are the differences are, are, are the things that as an organization, you might have to supplement the, uh, the information if needed. Uh, so again, the mutual recognition, we felt that it will be a lot more efficient and easier for the industry very straightforward as compared to the existing uh, process that the, that organization or company has to go through. Uh, so, so I talked about new companies earlier, the process, how you get pre-qualified if you are a new uh, like organization under the new scheme. Uh, for existing for existing organization, which you know, there's a lot of them out there, and I assume that in the audience, in the audience, there, there are probably some of you in there as well. Uh, the plan is there will be a transition period, uh, probably between 12 and 24 months. Um, and, and that's because if you look at the steps, the first step is once we roll out the uh, pre-qualification scheme as an organization, uh, you will have a look at the criteria and update your company information. And to me, that should be fairly straightforward because what we are asking for, uh, most of them are, are already things that you already have if you already pre-qualify with, with within the state that you are operating. Uh, but once you update your company information, uh, the second part, and I feel that it is a bit more challenging, and this is why we probably need to allow the, the, the industry a bit more time, is you need to update your, your staff individual qualification. Uh, because under the new training framework, each individual will have different qualification depending on which road category they are working on. So at the moment, we don't have those different road categories. So you have traffic controllers, implementers and designers, but under the new training framework, which, is, um, uh, which will be applicable to the new pre-qualification scheme, uh, you need to become either TC1 or TC2, uh, TMI1, 2 or 3, or TMI D1, 2, or 3. And to be able to, to transition the individual into the new training framework and qualification, uh, yesterday we talked about a 12 months period for that to happen. And, and because you need to get that done first before you apply for the new pre-qualification. So we thought that it might may, may take a bit longer than 12 months. Uh, but once you update the company information, and all your staff have been uh, retrained and get the correct qualification level on the road categories that you want to operate your business on, then it is a matter of, yeah, I mentioned earlier, go to the participating agency website, download the form, provide all the information that we ask for, the application gets uh, assessed. Within 30 days, you will know the outcome and you will be, be become uh, pre-qualified in you know, IMP 1, 2, or 3, DGN 1, 2, or 3, if you are doing designing. So, um, so that is the transition process. And um, again, I feel that it is fairly straightforward, transparent, and easy for the industry to follow.
And the uh, last uh, dot point I would touch on is the uh, online database, the registration platform. Um, so this is the system where we, we, we maintain and keep everything together. Uh, so yesterday we talked about uh, approved training providers, the RTOs, we talked about the individuals. So the system we also capture and have information about pre qualified traffic management uh, companies or organization as well. So the management of the, um, excuse me, of the um, system will be managed by the participating agency. And, and that is because as a company, you first need to collect, uh, contact one of the participating agency to get pre-qualified. So once the application get assessed and approved, so uh, the participating agencies such as the DOT or TMR in Queensland, we then add your company into this national centralized database. And then the information relating to the application will be shared across jurisdiction. And this is how I mentioned earlier that, that when you apply for mutual recognition, it will be a lot easier because everything will be captured centrally and shared between the participating agency. Uh, the database will also have information to help managing the performance of the company. Um, so auditing information, uh, or if there is um, a situation relating to a particular organization, it will also be captured in the system uh, so that other jurisdictions know and aware of what is happening. Uh, in terms of, of uh, the, the, the public interface or as the organization, uh, the system will uh, show uh, the, the organization information, uh, the name, the contact number, those sort of information, what sort of pre-qualification level the company has, the jurisdiction that, that the organization, organization is operating in, and when, when the pre-qualification expiry that will be. Uh, so those sort of information we are expecting to be publicly available. Um, so again, it will help if you are a client, you have a big project to run, you can quickly get onto the website and see which company is available to do the work and you contact and invite those companies to participate in the tendering process. Uh, so I think, yeah, so, so in terms of getting the outcome that we want to achieve uh, under the pre-qualification scheme, we felt that uh, the three players that you can see there on the screen, we need to work together. And, and the intention um, uh, is, is to improve safety, make the system more efficient, uh, more easier, and improve safety at road work size. And we need to work together to, to, be able, to be able to achieve that goal. So in terms of OSHRO, the key roles and responsibilities are shown there on the screen. Uh, OSHRO, we have, the, we have the responsibility to maintain and update the pre-qualification scheme. Uh, obviously, OSRO also need to look after the guide and the training framework, all those sort of things as well. Uh, the national registration of the companies will be managed by OSRO. Uh, OSRO will play an important role in the appeal process if there is a situation arising. And, and OSRO will also there to ensure that the participating agencies follow the agreed pre-qualification process and requirements because we want to get that consistency transparent uh, and harmonized practice across all the states. As a, as, a, as a participating agency such as TMR, 
uh, WI Main Road, uh, DOT. You also have um, the responsibility and obligation to make sure that the uh, application are assessed um, and considered uh, in accordance with the criteria that we set out. Uh, the participating agency also look after the mutual recognition. So when one company moves to another state, um, that those need to be assessed as well. Um, the participating agency has access to the uh, online database of pre-qualified companies. So they will be responsible for making sure that the database is up to date. And uh, lastly, I mentioned earlier about the auditing, monitoring performance of the companies, organization, uh, that will be part of the participating agency roles and responsibilities as well. Uh, as, as a traffic management organization, there will be also a few things that need to be followed. Um, I mean, if you are a new or an existing uh, pre-qualified company, you need to start looking at, you know, in the planning for the future, uh, what do you want to do? Uh, what sort of um, business you, or area you want to target? Uh, determine whether you want to do both design and implementation or maybe just implementation only on what broad category you want to apply for. Make sure you have all the evidence um, uh, for, for those categories that you are applying for. Uh, I showed earlier the criteria, what needs to be um, submitted. Um, more, the more evidence, the better, I, I feel. Uh, because you, you want to make sure that you can demonstrate that you have the ability to run the business and to do the work as well. Uh, so once you are on the system, I mentioned earlier, you need to provide annual updates uh, of the company. And then I guess most importantly, we want to make sure you continuously uh, follow and comply with the requirements that we set out under the scheme. Uh, we want to make sure that, that you operate satisfactorily and safely out there on the road network and then inform the participating agency if you have any changes. So that's kind of the end uh, of, of, I guess, the process. Um, this screen here, I guess, a bit of a, a closure um, for, for the, the webinar yesterday and today for those who attended both. But you can see there in terms of the whole project, uh, Richard mentioned earlier that the first component relating to harmonizing and producing a set of um, good practices relating to temporary traffic management and Australian standards as well have been updated. That task has been finished. And you can see there on the screen, what we are trying to do is uh, once we've got the, the information, we want to have better uh, training organisations so that these organisations can um, teach uh, people with the right skills, which is the next box down here. So the individuals will have better skill, better experience when they enter the workforce. Uh, so you have better teachers kind of thing, you have better students, and then the students, the people who work in the, in, in the industry, then can join a free qualified traffic management company, which will go through a new transparent and, and, and efficient process. Uh, and that will produce uh, the outcome that we're trying to uh, get, which is improved safety at road work sites. And then uh, I guess that dotted line talks about the system, how everything is managed together. So to me, this, I guess, uh, demonstrate how all different modules of different projects, different pieces of the puzzle put together 
to achieve the ultimate outcome that we want to achieve to get there in the end. And that was it for me. Um, so Richard, I pass it back to you. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully there will be some questions that we will go through in a minute. Thank you, Tuan. Uh, I'll just go quickly through a couple more points and we'll open to Q&A. I think we're just on time. <clears throat> just about the the process and the and the next steps for us uh, obviously we are in that industry consultation process as mentioned before we will answer to as many questions as we can today if not today in writing in uh, the coming days and weeks uh, for sure and we'll publish everything um, on the author's website the formal industry consultation process obviously requires you to um, submit your comments uh, questions and suggestions uh, using the formal uh, comments review um, form and submitted by the 28th of August to uh, our program coordinator Rachel Hassan and her email address is on that slide. Um, beyond this, um, we are refining, we will be refining uh, the national pre-qualification scheme based on your feedback, your questions and suggestions and we may undertake further industry consultation as we acknowledge that some aspects of the draft pre-qualification scheme are still being discussed within the technical reference group and the different member agencies. Um, for example, as a key point that we are aware of is that there are further discussions required on how we may uh, be able to harmonize the process for auditing pre-qualified traffic management organizations so beyond the pre-qualification process itself, how we harmonize uh, their auditing down the track. So beyond this industry consultation process, taking into consideration your feedback, refining with the technical reference group the scheme. We will be aiming to put forward to our Oswald board uh, the finalized scheme by late 2020, early 2021, and procuring uh, the central database, central system, um, so launching the tender in September, October of this year, uh, with the hope to have both the national training scheme uh, sorry, national training framework and national pre-qualification scheme activated and supported by this central system by mid-2021. So, uh, hopefully that gives you a big picture on, on the documents that have been uh, submitted to industry consultation. And we'll now cover a few questions. Uh, we've received quite a few, so I'll go back to the start, um, probably to one, and there may be a bit of a, a back and forth there uh, between slides. Um, so slide 22, uh, let me try and um, go back to that. Maybe to one, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll hand over to you the, the slide again, uh, so that you can direct that, that may be easier for us. Uh, so I'm giving that control back to you, if you don't mind. Sure, let me just uh, launch the, uh, the slide again. Uh, there you go. Okay, can you see the slide now, Richard? Yes, perfect. Thank you very much, Tuan. It's just going to be easier for us, if you don't mind. Thank you. Uh, if you may go to slide 22. The yep, question is, will there be somewhere where, sorry, will there be somewhere we can locate what roads are under which road category? How do industry know what roads are under what road categories? 
So on the screen there, you can see that it defines uh, what category each road will be depending on the traffic volume and the speed of the road. Uh, the jurisdiction, the state authorities is going through a process of creating a database so that uh, you know which road is under which categories and that will be available to, to the industry in due course. Um, but um, another, uh, I just want to make a note that in practice, in practice, as an organization, as a company, you put in a tender, you will be told what sort of categories uh, that road will be. Because as a, a client, let's say DOT, a major project, uh, put out a tender to, for, to upgrade a road, um, they will tell you this is a road category two, and only category two pre-qualified companies can tender for the work. So exactly. good to know, but you will be given that information. Perfect. Thank you, Tuan. I think uh, that's exactly right. The the, the definition applies, um, allowing the, the traffic management companies to apply for the level of pre-qualification they wish to, to work in. And for different projects, road managers will determine what uh, the projects, uh, what category applies to the project allowing uh, the the, ref, the relevant pre-qualified companies to, to be able to be selected for the work. Thank you, Tuan, for this. Uh, next question. We are a construction company that has some staff with traffic controllers. Do we have to pre-qualify in order for these controllers to undertake traffic control? Uh, the answer is yes, uh, because, um, because when you implement traffic management on uh, a public road. I mean, unless you are not doing anything on a public road or on private road, then I guess it's a different story. But if you need to put mm -hmm. out a sign or a traffic control device on a public road, uh, you will uh, require a consent or a memorandum of authorization, some state college. Uh, and under that process, uh, the, one of the conditions will be the company need to be pre-qualified to be able to do the work. Thank you, Tuan. Um, very good. And I think maybe there is another note to say that um, the, the pre-qualification scheme uh, applies to those road managers, state, territory or local, that will have uh, agreed to be part of the scheme. So those jurisdictions that are not part of the scheme, obviously, that's a different process. You will need to connect directly with them and they would not um, follow the national pre-qualification scheme. Uh, slide 27, please, um, Tuan. Yep. Um, we've got a question here. Will the benchmark criteria be consistent across jurisdictions? So uh, will, for example, financial benchmarks, staff, number of staff, number of uh, level of experience of those uh, personnel, uh, will that be consistent across jurisdictions? Uh, the aim is we will make it consistent um, and, and to be honest, we are still working on the details within the technical reference group, uh, but the objective, the aim is the criteria will be consistent across all jurisdictions. Yep. Thank you, Tuan. I think it also relates to another the point we've discussed before, uh, I mean, the, between us and with the TRG, uh, with regards to uh, whether we need to specifically mandate, for example, the number of uh, trained professionals we want in a specific category for a company to be pre-qualified, 
Um, and I think we've uh, taken a, a light touch approach to that rather than mandating, for example, the number of truck mounted attenuators that a company needs to have uh, to apply for category three, for example. Do you want to comment a bit further on this? The uh, explicitness yes. of our criteria. Uh, yes, very good point, uh, Richard. So thanks for that. Yeah, look on the screen there, for example, you see that one of the criteria is for the company or organization to provide and let the, the site know how many staff you have, what sort of equipment that you have. Um, we, we did have a discussion around, yeah, whether we should draw a line in the sand specifying how many staff you should have or how many signs you should have. Um, so, so these are the issues we are still kind of discussing and finalizing, but uh, I, I feel that personally it will be quite hard, it will be quite difficult to draw that line in the sand because, you know, just now you use the example of uh, working on motorway, freeway, how many TMA did, did the company need to have? I mean, is, is one enough? Is two enough? It's really depending on the type of work that you will be doing. And, mm -hmm. and knowing the industry, uh, you got to be flexible because, you know, one year you might be involved in a very big project and you find that you don't have enough plants and equipment. But what you do is you, you temporarily hire or, or, or rent those sort of equipment in. So we don't want to put, um, I, I guess, a, a permanent burden on the industry, You're recognizing the flexibility in the, dynam the dynamic of the business uh, uh, in the scheme. So at this point in time, we haven't got to that level, as Richard has mentioned. But it is something that we have considered and um, yeah, we will finalize in due course. Thank you, Tuan. And I think the, the point to add there is is the role of those roads uh, and, and in convening the technical reference group with representations from all the participating agencies is obviously for us to uh, us at those roads and through the technical reference group to play an overseeing role in all the pre-qualification processes that jurisdictions follow to make sure that pre-qualification is consistent across the board. So we take uh, the, the importance of, of making this scheme consistent and that's, that's a key role of those roads in facilitating that uh, going forward. Uh, slide 27 still, uh, what if you are, you are a local council? Who do you get your referee checks from as you are your own agency? So how does that work if I'm a local council? <laughs> Uh, that is a very good point. Um, uh, look, the, the, that's an interesting uh, point, and, and I guess we need to further consider it. But I, I feel that as the local government, that there is that level of trust that 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 we can look into, and 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 when local government put in an application, there will be um, I guess different ways to verify the quality of the work or the expertise. Because from the individual point of view, you still need to have the individual individual trained uh, at the right uh, level, uh, have the right qualification, have the right experience. Uh, on the company side, which is the first criteria, um, you know, things like insurance and financial information. Uh, obviously, as a local government, you assume that they have all those uh, things ticked off. Uh, so, so the general principle and the process will be the same. Uh, but when it gets to the details, it might be a little bit different for uh, for local government is is what we are okay. expecting. 
Thank you, Tuan. Maybe something we'll uh, look into uh, a bit more to see how that, that can uh, be, be improved in terms of the draft scheme that we have forward. Still on this slide, Tuan, uh, will, um, will uh, third-party certification be mandatory to gain pre-qualification? Still on uh, 20 yes. slide 27, I think. But anyway. Yep, yep that's right. Slide 27, the last dot point there, I can see. Um, so this at this point in time, we are proposing to make it mandatory for third-party certification. Um, there is a discussion that that uh, for uh, for is an exception, not a norm. But there may be situations that um, are requiring um, a, a, a third-party certification might be uh, unreasonable. That it will mm -hmm. be considered. But but as as the uh, benchmark, as an overall rule. Third-party certification is required. Yes. Thank you, Tuan. Uh, I think another question. I'll uh, um, next uh, maybe in relation to the guide itself. Will examples of traffic management plans have to be submitted during the approval process? I guess through the, the pre-qualification process. Um, examples of TMPs. I, I would suggest that you do, you do. I mean, that, that is one of the evidences that I guess can clearly demonstrated that um, as, a, as a company, you have worked on this project and here are the plans that have been used uh, and, and as a participating agency or assessing agency, you can have a look at those plans or even ring up those companies to verify the work. Thank you to answer. That's probably something we may, we may add as an example of, uh, of uh, previous work experience uh, that um, applicants can uh, can consider providing through their applications. Thank you. Slide 30, uh, Tuan. Uh, does the experience for TMDs need to be in preparing traffic management plans that meet the current standard or and, and guide, or can it be the old version of the standard? Uh, it, it the, the example needs to be designed in accordance with the standard at the time. So, yep. example, you know, if, if, if you apply for a pre-qualification now, uh, then, then the design needs to comply with the current standard. But if you use an example two years ago, then we want to make sure that, that those plans were designed in accordance with the standard two years ago. Thank you, Tuan. Uh, I, I believe, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's. I agree with uh, with that point. We want to push for best practice to be adopted and and recognized by industry. And I think the transition period uh, for the pre-qualification scheme allows ample time for industry to get familiarized uh, with the the, the, the latest Australian standard and the latest Osroads guide, which again has been have been released for almost a, a year now. Uh, thank you very much, Tuan. Uh, maybe slide 29, sorry, going back a bit. Regarding training for truck-mounted attenuator operation, will this be provided as part of the Category 3 training package? It probably touches on yesterday's presentation, but regardless. Uh, look, that's the, the details that we haven't uh, uh, quite get to yet. Uh, but my my expectation is truck mount attenuator operating as an operator. It will be something probably outside the training that we are talking about yesterday. Uh, it is a fairly specialized skill 
Um, so, but it is something that we can take on board, Richard, and then consider it. But at this stage, I feel that it is a, a fairly specialized skill that needs to be obtained separately. Yeah, so something to look into. Um, being a civil contractor who generally engages accredited traffic management companies, we don't have many traffic management personnel on staff. However, we do have management personnel with higher level traffic management experience from a project management position. Are we still, as a civil construction company, able to register for one of the higher levels of pre-qualification? Uh, so I'm not quite sure what the person means by higher level of pre-qualification because, let me go back to a slide that show the different levels. So on the screen there, there are different levels that, that the civil construction company can apply for. Uh, so we call them one, two, three, but three doesn't mean that it's a higher level. It's just reflecting a different type of road category. So three here means you can work on a motorway or a freeway, yep. and one means you can work on a local road. So as a mm. civil contractor, a civil construction company, um, if you if you don't have any uh, personnel qualified under the new training framework, uh, then you you probably can't apply for pre-qualification because you don't have the, the 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 staff, the skilled people who can do the work themselves. Exactly. I agree with that, uh, Tuan, and I think it's all about the, the, the civil construction companies to select a pre-qualified traffic management company for the road category uh, that applies to the specific project as mandated by the road manager that calls for the roadworks. Um, so, very good. Thank you very much, Tuan. Uh, moving on. Um, what type of information will we will be collected and reviewed from the organization financial information? Also, so, what are the criteria which will be assessed? Liquidity, liabilities, days, debtors, leverage. So, what are we assessing in the financial checks? So, the financial check, the principle and the intention is really making sure that the company has the uh, financial capability to, to, I guess, to run the business. Um, and, and this is probably addressing uh, the issue that we encountered in the past where, where the company, you know, may, may, uh, may run into financial troubles that cannot pay the employees. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, the employees uh, might be backpackers, they don't have a lot of ability to take the company to court, that kind of thing. Uh, so the intention is to have a look at, at those financial information, uh, profit and loss, uh, operating budget, that kind of thing, uh, so that as a jurisdiction, we, we are comfortable in knowing that the company has the capacity, capacity to run as a company. Um, and, and, and it's probably worth mentioning that all the information will be um, uh, treated uh, in confidence, so, so it will not be shared or provided. It's purely used to to make sure and assess uh, that the company can operate satisfactorily uh, in, on, on the financial side of things. Thank you, Tuan. Uh, a general question here, um, or more, a, a bit of a comment. So uh, somebody looking at the overall scheme and thinking, well, so does that mean that each state or territory will have a dedicated crew manning the registry and the reviewing the evidence of thousands of traffic controllers, implementers, and designers? 
so it, it's uh, there, there are two parts to that question. So so the person is asking about the individuals, the traffic controllers, implementers, and designers. Um, so so if if uh, the the person who asked the question didn't attend the session yesterday, you can download the webinar and listen to it. But the way the way it will happen is in terms of the individual qualification, the verification and the um, uh, to ensure that the person get the, 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 the right qualification and become fully trained and qualified, uh, that responsibility actually rests with the RTO or the approved training providers. Or then once the RTO are accredited with the jurisdiction. Uh, so yep. as an individual, you, you do the training course, you get experience, all those sort of checks will be done by the RTO, not the participating agency. So the participating yep. agency only deal with the pre-qualified companies. Thank you, Tuan, for this clarification. And as we said before, it's very important for the audience to understand we know it's complex, uh, but we, you need to understand that the national training framework and the pre-qualification schemes very much work hand in hand. Uh, as uh, Tuan said, the um, uh, verification of uh, training provided uh, or received by individuals is under approved training providers to confirm. Uh, the pre-qualification scheme is managed by the road agencies or the road managers that participate in the scheme, uh, which obviously are not the same numbers. Thank you, Tuan. Um, a bit on the central system, uh, will organizations be able to reference check with the centralized database when recruiting employees to ensure that they have the relevant qualifications and experience? Uh, very good question, Richard. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, so the intention of this centralized online system database is uh, as, uh, as a public, you will be able to see who are the training organizations are, the people who can provide the training. Uh, you will be able to see also the individuals on that list. Um, so, so, and, and this is for the benefit of, I guess, the person who just asked the question. So if someone come and apply for work with your company, you can quickly get online, type in the person name, and the system will verify that, all right, this person has got all these skill and training, uh, he or she carry out the training uh, in this year and, and the qualification will, will be expired in that year. So all those information will be publicly available uh, and it also helps with the auditing process as well. Uh, we know that uh, every state and, and territory have, you know, uh, regulators like WorkSafe, SafeWork who do auditing at WorkSite. Um, so, so, so the system will help in that aspect that, that uh, the worksite people, for example, when they go out and audit the worksite, they can quickly check to see that person is uh, trained, qualified, and allowed to work at that worksite. Thank you, Tuan. Uh, similarly, will the centralized database record the non-conformance the no and non-compliance of individuals or organizations? Uh, yes, the, the system will be built to capture those information, uh, but it will not be available to the public for obvious reasons. Uh, so it will be uh, uh, captured and shared between jurisdictions. So, so yep. let's say the company who, who made a major safety issue in Victoria, that information will be visible to say, uh, Queensland Men's Road. Uh, so that information will be shared, uh, but not outside the participating agency and Oswald. 
that's right. Uh, until such time where that company may be sees pre-qualification suspended or cancelled. And in that case, um, the, the name of that company is removed from the list of pre-qualified companies for such category. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, there's quite a few questions, so I'm just going through as many as we can. We got about, I'm going to say about five more minutes. Um, Pre-qualification is renewed every two years, as we said, and refreshes for full course qualifications are every three years. How does this work? So the person is probably seeing a bit of a problem or between the, the two different time frames. Is that a problem, Tuan? Uh, that is a good point. Um, and, and, and thanks for the feedback. We will consider that and see whether it will create a problem or not, uh, because the, the question the person who asked the question is correct. I mean, at the moment, the training framework talk about three years renewal, uh, whereas pre qualification is two years. I mean, uh, I don't know. Let's let's have a look at more details. It may or may not create yeah. a problem. Um, but yeah, we we Good point. I'm, not sure. I'm not sure either if if that is uh, a problem. I'm not sure. I don't see the problem, but we'll uh, we'll definitely assess further uh, beyond this uh, this webinar. Thank you very much, Tuan. Um, we've covered this. Um, what is uh, so probably slide 38? 38, um, so on, please. Yeah, what is the legislative basis for being able to suspend, downgrade, or cancel the status of a pre qualified company? Uh, good question. Good question. So, so in terms of the legality. Um, in the the, uh, the framework document that, that everyone has uh, at the moment, there will be a terms and conditions sections. Uh, so I guess when the company sign up to be pre-qualified, you kind of entered, um, uh, not contract, it's probably, I'm not sure the exact legal term, but you enter into that arrangement. So you have to accept the terms and conditions to be pre-qualified. In the term and condition, we say that you know if if you don't perform, uh, you will you may be suspended, downgraded, or or cancelled. So that will be part of the term and condition as the company or organisation entered uh, and, and and get that approval from the participating agency. Those term and conditions apply. Thank you, Tuan. I think on the same um, topic. Uh, of pre-qualification status, how many warnings can a company get before it's cancelled, conditional or suspended? Uh, that is the, the details that, that we are still working through. Um, to me, it is, I, I touched on it earlier, it, it, it is quite challenging to set the exact um, figure on these sort of things because there are so many variables when it comes to non-conformity. We will endeavour and try to have a fairly consistent, transparent, and harmonized process. Uh, but look, I, I can't answer that question right now. How many, you know, small little problems will become a big one? Um, yep. I haven't got that answer. And I guess, and and I guess, this a lot of these things we may have to roll out the skin and then see how it works, and we can fine tune it, make adjustment. Um, it is not something that you know, we develop, roll it out, and, and that's it. it it's a continuous um, monitoring and improvement process. Yeah, I agree with that That final point one. I think there may well be uh, a need for us to 
pull up requalification process and through the OSROADS technical reference group ensures that any suspensions, cancellations, downgrading uh, gets discussed between jurisdictions to facilitate that uh, consistency rather than setting hard criteria of two warnings, uh, which, which are uh, each warning being quite subjective to the context of each situation, um, I believe. So uh, we're running a little bit out of time, unfortunately. Uh, I, I want to acknowledge that we have a lot of questions still uh, that we haven't had the time to answer today. Um, we will, as mentioned many times before, we will come back to these questions, respond to them in writing, uh, post uh, these uh, responses on our website after uh, the webinar uh, within the next few days and weeks, uh, depending on how long it takes for us to go through all of these questions. Thank you very much to um, our audience. If you want to go uh, to one to the last slide of uh, the presentation. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you again to all our audience. Thank you, Tuan, for your time today and, and all your input. Um, we, uh, as I said, we will respond to all of the questions very soon. I will, uh, again, uh, advise you to consider reading all of the documents that are up for industry consultation, both the national training framework and the national pre-qualification scheme, which go again one in uh, hand in hand and really need to be read side by side. Um, I will also want to acknowledge uh, our colleagues and uh, member representatives on the technical reference group we, we who are uh, working very hard with us, Tuan, uh, in the background, who are obviously not presenting today uh, for logistics reasons, uh, but we are very, um, we want to thank them for their input and their support through that harmonization work. So on this, uh, we will end the webinar. Thanks again to our audience, and uh, we look forward to receiving your formal feedback in the coming weeks. Thank you very much, Tuan. Thank you all.